Hello and welcome to In Unison, the podcast about new choral music and the conductors, composers, and choristers who create it. We are your hosts. I am Zane Fiala, Artistic Director of the International Orange Chorale of San Francisco. And I'm Giacomo Di Gregoli, a tenor in IOCSF, the Golden Gate Men's Chorus, and the San Francisco Symphony Chorus. And this is... In Unison! Yeah, I like being in unison! Hey everyone, today's episode of In Unison is all about a recently released choral album. This is going to be something we do from time to time when a choir we are fans of releases something new. We hope this episode, and others like it, serve as a resource for all you choir nerds out there to find out what's hip and happening in the world of choral music. So, if you know of a new CD just released, please send us a note at ideas at inunisonpodcast.com or give us a shout-out via our socials. Now, on most episodes of In Unison, we play full tracks of the music we're discussing, but on this episode, we're only going to play excerpts. Consider this a teaser, and if you like what you hear, please help support your choral community by going out and purchasing the full album. Hey, today on In Unison, we have a returning guest. Alexander Lloyd Blake is here to tell us about the new Tonality album. Now, several episodes back, we interviewed Alex about forming Tonality and the wonderful journey they've been on since their inception in 2016. So if you haven't done so already, make sure to go and check out that episode. It's episode six of season three, by the way. But for a quick overview of Tonality, they are an award-winning choral ensemble focused on spreading a message of unity, peace, and social justice through a culturally diverse choral setting. And Alex is their founding artistic director. And today, we're going to focus our attention on the album Tonality just released on August 20th, 2021, titled America Will Be. Alex, congratulations on yet another superb album, and thanks again for coming on the show to talk about it. Thank you for having me. Golf claps and sound effects of applause all around. Um, Alex, we I just want to start off by saying this album was spectacular. Um, Zane and I sat and uh, we listened to the album end to end, just sort of let the the narrative arc and the purpose of the album, the tracks, as well as the connective dialogue between the tracks as a whole, just sort of wash over us and experience it. But I think maybe the, the first question we'd like to ask is, what is the overall message you're trying to convey with this album and its track list? It feels very special to us, but we'd love to hear in your, your own words what it was you wanted to convey. Sure. Well, so this album was done over the past year uh, when you know it was difficult for us to get together, but certainly there were a lot of conversations that were happening around so many issues. And to me, you know, really thinking about what it means to be an American, what it means for our history as we think about equality. And certainly in the middle of the pandemic, I think some of those inequalities were uh, highlighted. And thinking about a new sense of awareness about who we are and what we have been and what we are looking to be, and really using our music to speak toward those issues and not in a degrading way toward what America is, but I think in an honest way, because I don't think we can really move forward without being honest about where we are and where we have been. And so that's where the album kind of leads us. It speaks about the issues, but also speaks to the ideas of who we can be when we work together. 
You mentioned in the the liner notes there was something that I thought was really interesting or a, a turn of phrase that you mentioned, which is the music on America Will Be looks to speak directly to the injustices that have yet to be labeled. And I thought that was very interesting because you do a, a wonderful job of articulating the, the myriad issues of, of that, that we face as a country. Um, and, and you do name them, quite a, quite a few of them. You talk about immigration and social justice and um, uh, LGBTQ issues and accessibility and all of these things. But what does it mean to talk, to speak directly to injustices that have yet to be labeled? To me, I think when I say have yet to be labeled, I think it's have yet to really be considered core issues around the way that we have run um, and the way that our society has led. I think we see some of these and some of these issues have been seen maybe finally as, you know, issues that are as historic as America is. Um, but I think still in terms of how we all internalize that as our issues, as opposed to their issues or those one-offs, um, that is really when I think about labeling, it's how do we take that on together as a community and therefore we become the solution as opposed to we want to help those people fix that issue that's theirs. It's, it's really ours. If, if this whole community in this country is a united union, then all these issues are ours to bear and ours to fix. Yeah, I think that's that's incredible. I think a lot of the pieces, um, you've been um, teasing tracks from this album, as you had said, um, over the course of the years, and they, they do speak to that. Um, maybe we can take a moment um, and talk a little bit about actually the process of putting together the album. What was the recording process like, especially through COVID? Yeah, so a lot of the album was actually recorded virtually. And so really, as we were going through thinking about which tracks to put on the album, certainly again kind of keeping a sense of what are the issues at hand which really none of none of the issues that we brought up climate change lgbtq issues immigration none of these things are new and so we have been speaking about these these issues for the past couple of years a lot of these pieces have not been recorded before and so we thought you know this is the time when we have to put together virtual projects and you know, do virtual choir, you know, concerts like everyone is doing. We have the fortunate circumstances of having a professional master engineer within our ranks. And the singers have professional recording equipment because we're in Los Angeles and we're able to work with these composers because many of them are living and are, you know, colleagues of ours. And so it really went from we're creating these projects to continue conversations throughout the pandemic to we have professionally recorded tracks. Um, and now I think we, we can really put this together to say something beautiful. So when you say recorded virtually, the, you, you actually mean that. Not that you had a few singers come into a studio at a time, but they actually recorded in their homes on their own devices. That's amazing. It was. Because the quality is so high. The quality is extraordinary. Yes, thank you to Jet Galindo and uh, Joe Chapanese. But yeah, we would... Uh, the process became a little easier as we went through, you know, when you do this 12 times, um, but we would have a meeting to speak about the artistic, you know, nuances that we wanted to bring to each piece. The singers would go forth and record their tracks. Jet would kind of put together, you know, an audition. We would go through and listen and see if there are any things that we need to change or address or edit. And then, you know, the magic of 
engineering, um, but really credit to the singers, obviously, for being able to envision and imagine how to sing in that setting when they had to do it alone. That was incredible to hear. Yeah, no doubt. That is one of the most challenging things about these virtual projects because, you know, we've we've done a couple with our group and it's just asking a person who normally sings with an ensemble to suddenly have to do it all by themselves. It's, it's, it's exceptionally challenging. So, yeah, kudos to your singers. How many singers are on the album? Is it very does it different differ per track? Most of the tracks have about 16, around 16 singers. Build Me Up had around 40, because that was actually our first track. And we invited friends from the Los Angeles community to sing that song, which of course turned into kind of an anthem of sorts. Yeah, it has a slightly different sound to it as well. You can kind of get a sense of the force. Yeah. Let's take a listen to some of that track now. Here is Build Me Up by Roman John Arthur. meetings that you had had about this sort of artistic vision and direction because I think in addition to sort of the technical prowess it takes for a person to put themselves into the space to say well I'm going to sing this thing in this very you know in this very unique and interesting way at this moment like just creating the 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 vocal production to do that is one thing it's another entirely to be completely alone and digesting the meaning of these pieces so what was it like when you were having these conversations with folks and did you get any feedback from the singers of like, wow, that was, that was heavy or that was particularly challenging? Sure. I think really a lot of the pieces, I think almost all the pieces we had performed before, except one, two, three to life and build me up all the other pieces we had performed. So it was really kind of more or less coming back to those. Uh, we, yeah. And just listening to the singers, throughout the process i think getting more specific as we went through you know in this section we went from rather in this section you know 
that those kind of nitpicky things but i think overall the meaning of the song because of the, the text that we're singing is always involved in those conversations um, which certainly also helps i think with the unity of singing with the unity of spirit and intention around how to perform them yeah i think even um the the title of the album i think it if i'm not um if i'm not mistaken um it it is it comes from or is borrowed from i mean I, obviously the piece america will be which uh, it is featured on uh, on the album itself by joel thompson brilliant piece um, but I, if I'm not mistaken, it harkens back to the, the Langston Hughes poem, Let America Be America Again, which is fascinating. I mean, we can talk about the, the dialogue of the us versus them and the hope of what America is. And, um, but can you tell us a little bit about sort of um, how you wound up choosing maybe that title? And is, is that it was, am I correct? Is that a reference back to the Langston Hughes poem, the Let America Be America Again? It is. Yeah. Um, w- tell us a little bit about how that factored into the interpretation of the, the album overall. Yeah, so I think, well, of course, when you hear the album, you hear the dialogue between, and I'll get to that in a second, but really, again, to me, and obviously some of this is probably going to be, you know, in reference to thoughts and words and conversations around the election, but really speaking to, you know, this America is great, uh, you know, the question that I, I feel like we've been addressing for so long is like, for whom has America been great? And I think for the first time after the murder of George Floyd, a lot of people had to really sit with the fact that America hasn't been great for a lot of people for it, the history of their existence, um, depending on identity here. And really, Again, in the spirit of community, if the history hasn't been great for some, then it really hasn't been great for all. <laughs> in the sense of us caring for each other and supporting each other. And so when we address these issues in the direct way that we do through these songs, I think it really, again, brings back a presence and an awareness of the challenges that we still need to face. and maybe for the first time for some in the past year, year and a half of the things that I didn't have to see based on my identity have been a lot more pervasive than maybe, you know, previously thought. And it's really from that awareness, then we can make real change because if you can't address the problems. If we can't be brave enough to really sit with the issues, then we can't fix the things that we don't know about. And so, Again, in the, in the thinking of this music, we are bringing awareness to so many issues that address so many people in this country. And I think, you know, a lot of the songs have in them or at the end of them or in the middle, you know, some type of what does this mean? Where's the hope, the unity? And in that awareness of how this really is our issue together, we can do the work to make the America that we want. And so, you know, I think kind of America can be versus America will be. I think it's kind of a stronger statement to say we will not rest until those around us and the most vulnerable among us feel included, feel like this can be home to them and can be home to all of us. And that's the work that we have to do to make the country that we want. I love that message of hopefulness. And I love actually the juxtaposition of that idea. 
of America will be, which is there's work to do, we will go forward, um, versus the sort of regressive thinking, even, even in the title of Langston Hughes' poem, Let America Be America Again, as if there were something in the past that were okay that we want to return to. And the truth is, there, there, there wasn't much that we wanted. I mean, maybe that message of hope, which carries through you know, his poem and Emma Lazarus's poem on the Statue of Liberty and all those things, I mean, that message of hopefulness is, um, is one that's easy to let go of. Right? It's very easy to feel discouraged. And I think one of the other things you, you, you talk through in this album is um, the notion of mental health. Right, that that is very important, um, and one of the things that I find fascinating about listening to this album, and I agree. By the way, everyone who's listening, you should listen. If you need a teaspoon of hope, listen to this album because I think there's a there's an aspect of it which um, does reinvigorate that sense. Right, it's very easy when you think about um, uh, our, our mental health that like we can get worn down, we can be exhausted, and the repetitiveness of seeing the same problems over and over again and nothing being resolved can be very frustrating, right? And if we were, if we were to put America on a couch in a, in a psychiatrist's office, that psychiatrist might be like, hey, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, right? Um, and so it's quite interesting to see um, where do you so- source that sense of hope when you look at the folks and when you've created this album, where did you sort of source that from for yourself? Was it from texts like these, this poetry? And um, what, what was the inspiration, I guess, for you to feel like, hey, we can, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a message of hope out there? I think really it seemed like, though, you know, as we were going to the season again around, you know, the issues that we were seeing, there's a lot more conversation. And I think maybe... To me, it seemed like the first time there was more intention to really have difficult conversations. You know, thinking about Langston Hughes, you know, let America, you know, like be America again. To me, that America again is obviously not what was actually happening, but it was the ideals that were being thrown out. Um, you know, the quotes of the Statue of Liberty and that being juxtaposed to like the reality of people who are not, you know, not and I say not from in quotations because obviously that is many of us. Um, but really to me, the, the hope is having people have real conversations, looking for real change and improvement, and certainly in tonality and the work that we do in the organizations we work with, working with people who are really about giving their time and their voice and their art and their gifts to these issues. It is not easy. To, to speak or to sing about these things. And yet, you know, when I, when we have these conversations with composers and we have the conversations among the singers and we hear from our audience members, you know, and our supporters online about how these pieces really mean something to them and we find more stories, that's community, that's empathy throughout art. And to me, like, that is what we, that is what we need. And that's kind of the spirit that helps me feel more encouraged to have these conversations and also makes me feel more encouraged that we really are seeing the change that we that we need to see. And speaking speaking of those stories that are that are coming from the community, a place that I sort of found some hope and inspiration was through the video and the track for No Child, No Child by Alex Worman, which is quite beautiful. Maybe you can tell some folks what that piece is about, because you all should just jump out and go watch this video and listen to this track, by the way. It's, it's stunning. But maybe you can tell folks uh, about that piece specifically. Absolutely. So that work by Alex Worman, is, it is beautiful. Uh, I actually sang that first 
through uh, Edie Boddicker. She put together a group to uh, for an event with a couple of composers. I actually forget the time what that event was, but I remember singing this piece and I didn't know Alex Sermon at the time. And I remember walking up to him after we sang it and just said, hi, I know you don't know who I am, um, but I, I have a choir and I feel like this piece would be very powerful with what we do. You know, we are tonality. We like to do pieces about, you know, issues. And the piece was really written about his experience, um, you know, growing up, trying to find acceptance and love and dealing with shame, the things that so many of us deal with. And we ended up contextualizing that text to speak about the identity of LGBTQ, you know, especially youth in that first concert. And that's how we had looked at that piece through the year. And then more recently, I got connected uh, to members of the deaf community and realized how, how much I had not really considered. I had never knew a deaf person before and had never considered how um, we were not servicing that community and not including that community in our, in our work. And I said, you know, for tonality to be a group about inclusivity, that's not going to fly. <laughs> and so really we decided to have more conversations. They were in um, some members of the deaf community and also ASL interpreters, pro bono, ASL again, amazing friends, um, helped us put that together. And then really my thought was, this is our last video and it's the only live video of the, of the whole album. But we thought, how can we really include, not just be accessible, but how can we really include the deaf community? And so to me, that meant working with a deaf director, deaf directors, working with a deaf videographer um, and deaf performers um, to really show that this experience of finding oneself and finding love and acceptance is, is certainly not an, ex an experience that's limited to people based on an ability to hear or not. And so having our music and our singers uh, that beautifully sung by Molly Pease and Edmund Rodriguez to align with the way that that would be interpreted in ASL was such a beautiful, I don't want to say experiment, but just a beautiful example of how we can find different ways. I know we are musicians, but certainly we can align with other artists to bring about messages that are powerful. And I feel like this definitely included and expanded who we get to serve and who we get to work with in the, in the year to come for sure. Okay, we're going to play an excerpt of No Child, No Child by Alex Worman now, but we strongly recommend you head over to Tonality's YouTube page via the link in our show notes to watch this video. It is beautifully done.
I would love to talk about another track on the album, which I also found, um, again, as these tracks are sort of washing over you and, and you sort of get to ruminate afterwards thinking about them, um, their impact, I mean, every single one of them just packs a wallop. I mean, when you sit and really think what they are. And um, In This House by Christian Larios was another, which um, you sort of talk about... Um, the rhetoric surrounding immigration, um, and particularly those in the Latinx community. Um, I thought that that sort of towed a very interesting line of this notion of something we heard in Can You See in in, um, Zaneda Robles' piece, which is no human is illegal, right? And I think a lot of the text from In This House kind of plays with that notion um, of who is in the house, who is included, how are we portraying folks who are, whose immigration status may be uh, out of step or something like that. I don't know how you would refer to it appropriately, but um, tell us a little bit about this piece and sort of what inspired you to include it on this album. So in this house, uh, in this house is a very powerful piece as well. I I feel like I'd say that about most, if not all the pieces on the album. It's true. They all are. (laughs) But it's a very direct piece, and I would say it's probably more direct than most of the pieces that I've heard in general, let alone on this album. Um, you know, really, it was a, a decision to make, you know, because as most nonprofits are always watching that they're not playing any political roles, we certainly are taking a piece that uses text that was used in the middle of a presidential campaign, um, how people were described. And of course, you know, to me, the way I always think about these pieces is a lot of our pieces touch political issues because political issues touch communities and they touch people. And we serve and talk about issues that affect our community. And so, you know, the the goal is never to go about a piece in some political rants, but we're here to express perspectives of various communities and interactions with ICE is certainly an experience that a lot of people have to deal with. And one that actually touched tonality when one of our singers was picked up by ICE and detained for weeks a couple of years ago. And so to me, you know, it's, this is the exact example of why these stories are so important. You know, knowing immigration and immigration rights are important. And then seeing a friend of mine be detained and going to his court case and watching him in kind of the outfit that they give inmates, like that's, it's a different, it's a different intention. It's a different way to talk about the issue. And so to me, I felt because now I have a little bit more of an insight of what that experience is like, there is no indirect way to talk about how people are treated. And so when we thought about this piece on uh, in our concert and then on the album, you know, it might seem very direct. It might seem too, you know, on the nose. But if you are directly involved with family members or people in your community who deal with that, it is not at all. I, I, I would 100% agree with that. And I would say to your earlier point about towing the line between art and politics, I mean, it, which art has always towed the line, if you've got sure. something to say. Um, you know, one of the things that was interesting for, for me is, you know, I haven't had that experience, right, or haven't seen it firsthand. And yet this piece of art brings to the to the fore, not just the sort of the language that you talked about of what, what sort of came up in the election and sort of how people were talking about immigration, uh, 
but actually also depicts very specifically language to use if you are being confronted by ice. And I think what is what was fascinating about that is that that is just something I never have had to consider, right? Like, or what, you know, what you, or, you know, it's, it's basically the equivalent of uh, your Miranda rights, I think, when you're picked up by the police, was this idea of this is what happens if ICE knocks on your door. And to, to just be exposed to that alone is so incredibly eye-opening to be like, wow, that is just an experience I have never been through um, and stands alone just as a piece of art to say, this is an experience that people have and you should know about it. Here's an excerpt of that piece of art now. This is In This House by Christian Larios. Detained by ice, remain silent. You have the right to not sign anything. You have the right to call your attorney or emergency contact. You have the right to call your consulate. You have the right to find out your alien number. Todos tenemos estos derechos. Todos tenemos estos derechos. Christian also, you know, he, again, he used the words that were used and then also turned it around and said, you know, innovators and workers and dreamers. And, you know, again, this, this is the hope, you know, we can be directed by the issues, but then we can also, of course, you know, with the instructions of how to deal with ICE agents, but then also kind of make sure that the pieces give a sense of positive energy, right? We, we don't want to leave people in, in the dirt emotionally um, because we need people to feel you know, invigorated. And so to me, it's a beautiful way that he turned that around to really say that 
there are many ways that one could choose to describe people. And, you know, the way we're going to choose to describe them is the people who are hardworking and who dream and who want to survive here like the rest of us. Yes. And I think two of the pieces um, that do that, I mean, uh, certainly are uh, United We Dream, uh, Melissa Dunphy's piece, which is really quite extraordinary and a great um, and a great coda, I think, to to the album. But then the title track, America Will Be by Joel Thompson. Um, can you tell folks specifically a piece of that? Because I think Joel, as a as a uh, composer, has a very interesting story as it pertains to uh, being a, 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 an American and, and his journey. But maybe tell us a little bit about um, that piece and sort of what it specifically means to you and its place on the album. Sure. Well, certainly it has a lot of importance as it is the title track. I think it really does speak to so many, again, the ideals that we have mentioned, you know, using the text from Emma Lazarus, um, give me your tired, your pores. Like, what does that meant? What does that mean? <laughs> what can it mean? Um, I also love that it has 10 languages in it. Um, you know, as, as we were singing, you know, we're giving voice to issues to really use the various ways to communicate issues of, uh, you know, messages of hope and peace. Uh, it was certainly something that I found powerful. And really, I feel like the piece is, the piece is, Joel always writes powerful music. When I saw what Pietro Terizzi did with the video the first time, I think I actually saw it on my birthday. Because <laughs> um, I was out in the, we, we did kind of an outdoor birthday thing. And I remember watching it as friends are coming up and I'm like tearing up as I'm seeing this. And my friend's like, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> this is supposed to be a happy day. Um, but really to see children see song across the border, to, to kind of see these beautiful images of the Statue of Liberty and really, I think, find even in an awareness of what's happening. And I think Joel piece, Joel's piece does this sonically as well, to find that energy toward unity and hope like i think there we're we're always trying to move i feel closer to the ideals that we have stated for this country to be and i think you hear that in joel's piece you hear that we're not there and he uses the words you know from langston hughes america's you know not america to me um but it it is what we will be and i feel like the the way the piece goes through and the the types of sonorities that Joel uses really shows that we are always kind of churning. It, it seems like there's like an, there's a rumbling and rustling, especially in the middle of the piece that just to me just symbolizes that work, the positive work that we do. And when I think about the energy that is needed for us to make these changes, it, it is, it is that. It is all of those languages, it's all those communities represented. It is that energy, it is that awareness that, you know, that we're working. It is not always easy, but it is consistent and persistent. And we get there together. And I feel like Joel's piece does that beautifully. Let's hear that consistency and persistence come through now in Joel Thompson's America Will Be. Thank you. 
up this this episode and our, our time together um i i know that zane and i would love for everyone to go run out grab a copy of this album um maybe you could tell folks where they can find it and maybe uh for a little insider baseball tell us why you chose to release it the way you did sure so again when we were doing the year uh we were just putting out projects and then realized after that that we had 12 professionally recorded records and actually 12 visual presentations for each track. I mean, I don't know anyone other than Beyonce who has done like a visual album. I was just going to say, this is lemonade all over again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and of course, any way that we can, you know, copy what Beyonce is doing, then we've won. So um, in that way, um, we have on our website, artonai.org, you can get to the America Will Be website, which um, has the tracks, but also has interviews about each track, um, interviews from our community members, also organizations. And that was, to me, what was so important. We really tried to bring the tonality experience to this website. So you get to watch the video, but it's not just you be entertained by this music about social justice. It's now that you're here, here are some practical resources and some real organizations that are doing the direct work. And so you don't even have to go off the page to look that up. You can also see context from the composers around the piece. So you get a little bit more about the why. Um, Artsonai.org backslash America will be. And then it's on streaming as well. Uh, you can buy and download uh, the physical copies, the digital streaming on Bandcamp, on Apple Music, um, soon on Spotify, probably on most of your preferred listening platforms so it's it's out there well we will definitely put links to all of those locations in our show notes to make sure that we're helping direct our audience to be able to to come and support you guys and and uh and pick up the album and watch the videos and i i think that's so fantastic that you got these extra resources on that website that's just it's such a wonderful extension of the tonality mission aside from making beautiful and impactful music you're actually making a beautiful and impactful you know stamp on just america which is great yeah thanks for what you guys do that's really great thank you alex thank you so much for sharing that um everyone should rush out to 
have a listen to this album to, to participate as well um, in all of the different ways that tonality is presented for us to help with social justice issues in America. And um, you all have definitely raised the bar to Beyonce levels for sure. So that, that is really spectacular. Um, but in closing, there were a couple of other things maybe that we can just mention about uh, tonality. You all have been quite busy lately. Um, maybe you could tell some of the folks about some of the other projects that you all have been working on as well. So there's some other stuff that folks can check out. Sure. Uh, well, let's see. In the, in the middle of the pandemic, we were able to sing with the Kronos Quartet. So that was amazing. <laughs> Um, but yes, we just recently, uh, well, I think the, the film was recently released. We were able to sing on the score of Space Jam. So that That's was so cool. quite exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you hinted, last time we had you on, you hinted that there was a special project that y'all had worked on and uh, and that it was going to be released soon. And then when the news broke that it was the Space Jam score, I just thought that's just so cool. How, how did that, did you guys get approached and, and by the producers of the movie or whatever? No, so I was able to meet Chris Bowers, uh, an amazing composer who's worked on so many projects, Bridgerton, you know, I don't want to list them all because we'd be here for a long time. But uh, I was able to meet him a couple of years ago and, you know, get to hear his amazing music and talk to him and really understand his story and our aligned missions of understanding what representation does and what it can do. And especially in our worlds of classical music or film music, the opportunity and possibility of seeing many people who look all sorts of ways have agency and have the opportunity to be involved in these kind of projects is something special. And so really uh, talking to Chris and him, you know, learning more about tonality, it just seemed like a great fit. Um, I don't really speak for him, but you know, for him to involve a group that has diversity and places that as a priority to involve uh, an ensemble like ours in a project as big as Space Jam certainly I think gives a bigger message of what is possible when we really continue to open doors and create possibilities. So, I mean, that's kudos to Chris Bowers for having that insight and being a visionary in that way. Um, but yeah, it was certainly an unexpected, but such a, an amazing experience to be able to say, you know, we we were able to be involved, you know, with Space Jam, one step closer to LeBron, I guess. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you guys have any planned uh, performances coming up back to in person? Uh, I know that you just recently completed auditions and have a new roster. Um, what's uh, what's on the docket for for pe folks to be able to see you in person? Is that is that coming up? It is coming up. Yes, we have four concerts of our own coming up this year that's going to be released very soon. Um, and so all those concerts will run October through May. We'll deal with the distancing and the vaccination requirements and all those things. Uh, but definitely, I think, as we've mentioned, so many amazing projects really our bread and butter is creating spaces of empathy and understanding in person. And so we're looking forward to getting back to that. We're also performing with uh, the Lithuanian Orchestra uh, at the Geffen doing a piece, an opera on climate change called Sun and Sea. That's happening in October. And you know, we'll be doing kind of volunteer 
services as well. We're seeing at the nine, 11 day event. So, you know, finding small ways, safe ways of really bringing our music to the community and excited to finally get back to doing that live. Since recording this conversation, Tonality has indeed announced their performance schedule for the remainder of 2021 and 2022. So just head over to their website, rtonality.org, to get the full details. Well, this has been great, Alex. Uh, Thanks for coming on and talking about the album. It's just inspirational. And I know those of us in the uh, in the choral world uh, look up to you guys as being, you know, front runners as far as um, promoting social justice, but also just awareness of, you know, where we live and what we need to do to make it a better place. So and making kick ass music while you're doing that. It's pretty awesome. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Thank you, yes. All right. Let's finish off this episode with one final excerpt. This is Melissa Dunphy's moving composition, United We Dream. This is listening to this week's episode of the In Unison Podcast. Be sure to check out episode extras and subscribe at inunisonpodcast.com. You can follow us on all social media at inunisonpod. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts to let us know what you think. In Unison is produced and recorded by Mission Orange Studios. Our transcripts have been diligently edited by IOCSF member and friend of the pod, Fausto Daus. And our theme music is Mr. Puffy, written by Avi Bortnik, arranged by Paul Kim, and performed by the Danish vocal jazz ensemble Dynamic on their debut album, This Is Dynamic. Special thanks to Paul Kim for permission. Please be sure to check them out at www.dynamicjazz.dk. Oh, dream.
Jesus, bring this is why. 